All right. Welcome back. Week two of the Victory is Vice podcast. I am Brandon, joined by Philip Bernal. What up, dude? Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome. So, yeah, audio is a little janky there. You good? You robotic? Yeah, I'm good. Am I good? Yeah, you're good. All right. So, before we get started, elephant in the room, dude, the champ is 0-2. Pitts, Kittle, Trey never left the station. So, how are you feeling? Mm. A little distraught? How are the boys, dude? How's the team doing? Uh, They're uh, a little disappointed. You know, we have a nice core of young stud tight ends, young stud QB at the helm here. Is he a QB or is he just a guy that hands off the ball? Because I couldn't tell. He Um, does it very well, the handoff. Have you seen him? (laughs) Even in the wet rain and in the wet wet football, he does a good handoff. Great handoff. Uh, But nevertheless, we move on. Um, Trying to give you guys, you know, a little some motivation, you know. Yeah, I think you need to say something to him, honestly. You need to you need to wake him up a bit. You need to get some fire in the room. And uh, I agree. Maybe Do you have some words? Do you have any words of inspiration, motivation for the team? I'm going to give it a shot here. Um, they really need me now for a good pep talk. So um, let's, let's do this, boys. Here we go. Okay. All right. This is leadership. Uh, go, go for it. All right. Let's go. I hear the voices singing. Speed your journey, boys, boys, Bach. One nation singing with one voice. A song of hope, a song of courage, a victory song that floats through the valleys like a red mist, rolls over the mountaintops. Like crimson thunder, a red storm is coming to the gates of Qatar. It crackles with the spirit of 58 and Jimmy Murphy's boys. It turns the pages of the history books and finds Rob's page waiting still to be written. What would you write in there, boys? Dare you write your names on that page? We haven't waited 64 years and come halfway around the world to be troubled by a neighbor from back home. When the English come knocking on our door, let's give them some sugar, boys. Let's give them some Welsh sugar. They've always said we're too small, we're too slow, we're too weak, too full of fear. But Amarohi! You sons of speed, as they fall around us, we are still here! Wow. That was something. Yeah. I had to fire to me, man. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, honestly. I just let loose. Blacked out a little bit there. Just had, I had to do it. I mean, it, it it didn't all make sense. I don't really understand how the team's Welsh, but it fucking worked, man. So I'm motivated. Yeah. I'm ready to crush this second podcast, run through a wall, and uh, yeah. Holy yeah, shit, nicely done. I, I, when this happens, I, I'm, I've been told I get an accent. I go, it's just weird, but. Hopefully it worked. I'm just, I'm, I'm, we're fired up here, man. 
Let's go. We're ready for week two. Let's go. So kicking it off, let's take a quick look here at the standings. Um, so at the top, we've got Etienne of the world as we know it. Took down highest point total. Shout out, Jeremy. Nicely done. Uh, he sits in the number one spot and Bryson at number two, only seven points behind uh, after he beat me in week one. Uh, so 2-0, 159 points to 152 for Etienne uh, and Bryso. Um, and then really kind of pulling up the caboose, we've got Baker is mixing it up. And, yeah, burn zone. Bottom of the standings. Basement boys. Yeah, um, it's tough week one, man. Let's be honest here. That's not great, but we're motivated already. So, yeah, I mean, it's in the rear view, right? Let's just yeah, it's in the rear view. Let's move right past it. Not not the uh, start I wanted, but hey, moving on though. Yeah, it's week one. Uh, the the theme is all always, you know, what's going to be overreaction, what's actually real. So. We'll dive into a little yeah. bit of that as we kind of uh, start looking at um, some of the. Uh, let's look like take a quick look at a couple of how a couple of these matchups sh- uh, shook out. So, Etienne faced off against Sam. Uh, we saw best pick in the draft, Patrick Mahomes, go absolutely nuclear, like five touchdowns, and couple that with Jonathan Taylor, who's now also catching passes. Which yeah, if That's this crazy. holds, he easily was the number one pick in the draft. Like 10 yards receiving, but yeah, it's, he's still catching him though. How many yards receiving? 14. Mm, good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you had that on the Etienne side, which, you know, he won while getting what pretty much a dud from Etienne, his team's namesake. Um, yeah. I mean, he eight points, he could have had two touchdowns. It was very close. He had a huge game, but eight points is what is what he got, though. So, Yeah. And on the other side, Sambo, as expected, a top-heavy roster. Jefferson went off. Diggs, 22 hurts, 26. Uh, Tyree Kill dominated the targets. Waddle didn't get a target until almost the second uh, – ha- almost halftime, really. Um, so – you're, that's very promising, uh, you know, for Hill. But Andrews yeah. had a substandard game. And then, you know, what we had, what the prophecy had foretold. <laughs> Matt Jones failed to perform. <laughs> um, AJ yeah. Green shouldn't be on a fantasy team. Uh, and the running backs, meh. Yeah, that's kind of what we kind of saw. We had a last pod where he was kind of top heavy. No running backs. Uh, AJ Green, that's you know, I probably would have started Osborne over AJ Green, just you know, looking before the matchup and like Miss McKissick, too. I probably would have started him over Mostert, but it wouldn't well, have if mattered. If you just started Osborne over AJ Green, you would have gotten 0.6 more points. And yeah. I think the real mistake well, was not starting Brissett over Jones, which would have got him 11 instead of nine. Yeah, none of, it, none of this, none of this really matters, but no. You know, the, the points at the end of the season, you're trying to win some highest point sure. totals. He still would have lost, but, I mean, just the decision-making the process is where I'm kind of, you know, talking about just, uh, just starting most of the A.J. Green. I can understand Jones over Brissett, but 
doesn't see it. No, I don't, I don't yeah. see that. Sure. I mean, the theme is, is he doesn't have the depth. So we'll see if he can uh, fill some gaps going into the rest of the week, uh, season. So looking at the second matchup we wanted to talk about, uh, Bryson taking the number two spot in the standings, uh, taking me down week one. Um, Allen had a just insane game against the Rams. The Bills look for real. Allen looks like it's he and Mahomes and then everybody else. Um, and also he had his Chiefs yeah. go off. Clyde Edwards-Alaire decided he wanted to live up to all the hype from two years ago and was finally really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Josh Allen, that's not even a ceiling game right there. It's just he's just nuts, man. He's going to go nuclear every, every week. Mm-hmm. He's going to go at least 24 points every week. Yeah. Um, and then on my side, Kamara. Uh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, why, why, why did you start Kamara over Hilliard? Like, what do you think? <laughs> I'll tell you, if they decide to keep letting Mark Ingram run the ball more, then I'm in trouble. Um, Edmonds had really good usage. Uh, he's the guy, but it didn't really translate to a big day. So we're going to see if that changes. Miami's defense was uh, a good play, um, but yeah, not enough against a team led by Josh Allen that, yeah, if he would have gotten anything from Devonta Smith, he's probably competing for highest point total. Um, yeah, you look so, at um, your boy, Devonta Adams, just smash. Like, freaking, I mean, workhorse receiver on that team, 17 targets, man. 17 insane. targets, dude. Yeah, I was talking to Jeremy actually before, you know, this, this pod in the morning, and uh, I'm just glad that the way his team's looking with Mahomes and uh, – Taylor, he was – the only reason he didn't get Adams is because I, I took out Adams at that time. And if he had have Adams on his team, he'd probably be the clear favorite. Adams looks like he's not going to miss a beat. All right. And yeah. then let's look at the gutter, gutter brawl. Yes. The, the lowest brawl. scoring matchup of week one to a salad sandwich versus Baker – is mixing it up. This was what, like 90, 91.35 beats 91.02. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, that's, that's sad. <laughs> I mean, I would not be happy about this this win. He, I mean, he should have lost, man, because you look at Baker, he had Prescott, Eli Mitchell, and T. Higgins. They all got injured, and he lost by less than a half a point. So, if any one of those three guys didn't get hurt, he wins this matchup. So it's, it's definitely sucks. So I guess that begs a good question, right? What is more concerning between these two teams? And we'll go a little bit more deep into it. But um, to a salad sandwich, you have the Rams stack, which looked just horrible with Stafford, Akers, and Robinson. Akers, a huge question mark. Stafford, probably going to be fine. Robinson, we'll see but more importantly Dak gets injured so cd lamb's value just got torpedoed so you have that on one side on the other side you're the team that has Dak get injured your number one running or number two running back when mitchell's out he does and then higgins with a concussion so yeah yeah i mean i think you gotta i mean i would think that baker mixon is probably in bigger trouble with losing prescott for He's on an IR, which kind of sucks because he's going to lose at least three weeks. Put him on IR, give him four weeks, and this guy can put him in his IR spot and, and you know fill the gap for now. But 
he's gonna have to roll with Baker and Winston. It's great uh, to have those two as your your quarterbacks. So that's, that's it's interesting. Run. Yeah, it's interesting because these two teams are kind of tied uh, with a few different links, right? Like Dascott and Lamb, or Dak Dascott, uh, Dak and Lamb. <laughs> now you look at uh, on Baker's side. So yeah, he loses Dak, but he does have Baker and Winston. Like it's not sounding the alarm. He does have startable quarterbacks, and he's got Daryl Henderson that looked like he was going to have the starting job at least for the next few weeks. So he does have some depth to make up for his losses there. Also, Miles Sanders was on his bench. So if I'm looking at this, yeah, Baker is mixing when 0-2, but I'm probably feeling better if I'm Baker's mixing than I am to a salad sandwich going into week two. Yeah, I mean, it can go either way. I mean, I think you have to have a good quarterback to 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 win and if you have i mean baker winston had winston could be good i mean he had a nice game here it was atlanta though and they barely won so if he has a tougher matchup it might be tougher and baker is i think the jury's still out on baker um he didn't look good for the half that game yeah he had had a rushing he had a rushing td so can't really count on that either Uh, yeah and you know two out has some nice depth and james robinson jamal williams and mooney on his bench so he might be okay. He has no tight end, unfortunately. But um, I mean, Ingram had six point eight points, which is not good for tight end premium. Um, in fact, in fact, very bad. So, and they got. I mean, Hurst had a nice game. I mean, but yeah. How much of that just had to do with Higgins being out, though? Yeah, I mean, I think James Robinson, eleven carries, sixty-six yards. You know, that's a solid game, but is it going to be a coin flip each week between him and Etienne? So we'll see. Yeah, it's been kind of a kind of a split between the two of them. Robson got the easy touchdowns where Etienne yeah. could have had the same touchdown, but perfect. Could well, that's a yeah, that's a good segue to the next segment. The highest point total shout out this week to Etienne of the world as he knows it. Uh, Highest point total, congratulations, 55 bucks is yours. So each week yeah. we're going to take a quick look at the team that hit the highest point total, unless it's the same team over and over. Um, but, yeah, looking at this team, talked about it a little bit already, best pick in the draft, Pat Mahomes and Jonathan Taylor, both absolutely beasting. Um, it's interesting because Etienne, I think, is a big question mark here. Like we've talked about it a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see what that usage looks like. Um, looking at the rest of his team, what jumps out at you? You know, do you think we're looking at one of the top three best teams, or was this a fluke? Uh, it's kind of in the middle somewhere. I mean, I don't love his bench, to be honest. Um, but you know, like I said, Etienne, that was he could have had twenty points, you know, and very easily. Um, you know, that, that stands out a little bit. Keenan Allen's gone for this week uh, as well. He got hurt. Um, but I think Etienne could be a nice, nice every week starter for him. If they can just give him more touches also, because he almost scored twice on what, eight touches in this game. So, mm-hmm. or eight opportunities, I should say. Um, it could have been a bigger game for him. And Landry also was a bit of a shock, having over 114, 114 yards um, for the week. And if he can be consistent, it's also a nice little steal of the draft. 
Yeah, he's targeting the Chiefs passing game. He's got Sky Moore, Valdez Scantling. I think those guys are going to be pretty maddening. But if he gets lucky yeah. and hits him on the right weeks, uh, he you know yeah, should get Dot- something there. Dotson scored twice. He looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, and you know I had Sky Moore dropped him, but you know if it, there's an injury, you know ahead of him, then he could be nice later in the season. Last question on this team: Is Geno Smith the starting quarterback for Seattle by week eight? Yes. Yeah. You don't think we yeah. saw Geno's best game? Um, no. Well, yeah, I probably did. Uh, <laughs> this is probably the ceiling: seventeen forty-five points. See, so he might get twenty, maybe if it swings the right way every once in a while. But yeah, it's it's. You know, and Drew Locke's not going to start start there. I think that's yeah. I think that's yeah. That's how you answer the question: is that Drew Locke is not good. Um, you know, Geno Smith is competent at times. I don't think he's ever going to. I don't think he's going to get four first downs. You know, in a drop consistently, but yeah. he he can move. He can make. He's got a nice arm. Uh, yeah, doesn't so really not, matter. I mean, he's got Fields and Holmes, so he's probably never going to play him unless it's a bye week. Well, that's what I was just going to say, though, is that yeah. I, I like what uh, Jeremy did here with Fields and, and Smith. Like, he just needs one of those guys to get him 18 points a week. And with Fields rushing, it's probably going to be him, but we'll see. All right, moving on. Let's take a look at the Fab Report. So pretty active uh, first week in the Fab Report. Let's start at the top here. Curtis Samuel goes for 26 to Kadra Commander with paying the yeah. Homer tax. Um, he outbid Sam Bino <laughs> the Great uh, by 20. So yeah. talk a little bit I about was, Samuel and what you think about that investment. I thought I was pretty shocked there was only two bids. I thought that at least three or four, considering what he did. A lot of up to eight catches. He had four rushes, I believe. Kind of all over the field. Um, so a little shocked that he was not bit up by more people. But 26 bucks is a large chunk of your – of your. Uh, well, like I said, I mean, he probably thought multiple guys would want to bid on him, but nobody did except Sam for $6. So, you know, if I won him, I probably would have bid like 14 bucks on him maybe if I was bidding. But yeah. Fair point. Counterpoint. I saw a tweet that basically said – I can't remember the statistics, but Carson Wentz throws the majority of his passes under nine yards. And Samuel runs the majority of his routes under nine yards. And he's, we know he's a good athlete. Um, The other context here, right? We're in these high stakes leagues. We on a thousand dollar fat budget, we just bid, what was it? 277, 277. We just put over 25% of our budget on Curtis Samuel. That's in the PPR league, though, a little bit different. But here, Amir spends 17%. And also a large field tournament, but yeah. True. Yeah, I mean, Amir spending 17 I mean, taking a quick look at his team, he did go 0-2. Um, but so Samuel, he's got him next. Oh, he's got – oh, my God. He's got uh, Debo and Curtis Samuel, the Samuel brothers. Did that go into <laughs> his strategy? <laughs> I mean, maybe it did. Right. Um so interesting. He's got Ayuk and Debo. Don't love that. So yeah, I mean yeah. Samuel's probably the second best receiver on his team. Looking at this, Debo Samuel. Oh, oh, well, Curtis, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I mean it's Ayuk, but 
I would maybe even say London. Are you really going to confidently start Ayuk with Lance right now? No. No, I was saying just like the receiver, just talent. I think Ayuk is better, but uh, I can see. I can see. We're talking production. (laughs) production business. I don't even fuck what you got. I said he's better. That's all I said. (laughs) (laughs) I like Samuel. I'm not trying to shit on him, but it's 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 tough Um, for me. I would have loved to have him, but. There's no one on my team I would have cut for him, so I just I was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's not always about you, Phil. I think it was a good investment. Seventeen percent of your budget. No, yeah, let's move a beer. All right, let's move it. Um, Gas man grabbed Robbie Anderson for twenty six dollars. Next highest bid was ten to Bryson Sambino. Real, we can go go quick on this one. Anderson is this a mirage? Right, like. New quarterback, is there a rapport there? Anderson, we've seen him do it before. Yeah, he did get most of his production on a deep ball, but that is his calling card. Um, yeah, I don't hate it. It's probably a bit of an overpay, but it was. You know, this is a type of ambiguous um, receiver receiving core. We DJ Moore should be the guy. He was not the guy. So let's see if this thing, you know, yeah, filters out the, the way you think. So, like you said, that's just, that's the thing. The pop plays. If he doesn't have a pop play like that, he's going to give you like three points. So mm-hmm. he's not reliable. A reliable for you. You can flex him if you're desperate. Bye weeks, injuries, whatever. But it's going to be DJ Moore. It's going to be CMC in most weeks. Um, so yeah, a lot of money spent on, on Robbie there. Three bids, please. Next closest bid was ten dollars. So yeah. um, I like Robbie, but that's a lot for him. All right, so two more we want to talk about. First, excuse me, go to, to uh, Taysom Hill. So, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Devin Duvernay for 20 bucks. Okay, so that's not like, can't just glance over. And then, and then Gasman bid 26 on him too, which is like. I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, a lot. That's a good call out. Yeah, so Gasman actually outbid Bryson, but yeah. he didn't set it in a way to where his droppable player would make his roster in compliance. So while he won the bid, he couldn't get him because of the roster issue. So Bryson ends up getting him for 20. The reason I skipped over Devin Duvernay is because the thing is in fantasy is you can't buy last week's points. And we just saw Devin Duvernay's best game. (laughs) He's never going to score any more close to this. Put my name on it. Uh, This is going to be a wasted investment. Um, And you're either – it's going to be fantasy whack-a-mole. You're gonna, he's gonna miss for you for two or three weeks. You're gonna put him on your bench and then he's gonna hit for 20 points. And then you're gonna put him back out there. But I would, here's my bet to, to Bryson I will bet you $20 that you do not get a 20 point week out of Devin Duvernay on your starting lineup the rest of the year. Take it to the bank. There you go. There's the bet. Any comment? Any yeah, comment it's, it's, yeah, very fluky. Um, he played half the snaps only. He does return kicks. So there are some points there for him. He breaks one free, yeah. uh, gets some yardage out there. Uh, that's some free points. I think the points for kick return yards are like quarterback yard, uh, passing yards. So there are some points there. Um, but, yeah, it's – I don't know, man. He's fast. He's furious. But this is going to be his best game probably. Um, 20 bucks for – I would have spent like maybe $3 on him if I wanted him. But you're not going to really play him, I don't think, anyway. Yeah, just he's like a, with the Fast and Furious franchise, the best days are behind him. I'd rather, I'd rather have George Pickens. He dropped them, so just saying. Interesting, yeah. Um, okay, well, let's, we got we to gotta move through this, so let's talk Taysom Hill real quick. Um, I think this one's interesting. So Sam Bino, who has Mark Andrews but doesn't have depth, um, goes and spends 17 on Taysom Hill, who had a big week, uh, whereas the next highest bid was zero 
by Najee Bark, Steven, um, AKA Cali Commandos. So the, I want to start with uh, a little bit of context here and then uh, kind of kick it to you for your thoughts. So, you know, Sam had actually reached out and said, what am I missing? Right? Like this guy, he, he's scoring points. We can play him in the tight end spot. I think it's interesting in a tight end premium league now where it's one point per reception, looking at a player like Taysom Hill, because a tight end can catch a five yard pass. That's, you know, 1.5 fantasy points. Taysom Hill's got to run for 15 yards to get there because he doesn't, he doesn't score touch. He doesn't uh, catch passes. So with Taysom Hill, you're really banking on touchdowns and big runs. And I think that's pretty fluky. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Taysom, every year we do this Taysom Hill thing. It's just, I, you, never, you never can guess when the week is for Taysom to start for you. Uh, the value there is if Winston gets hurt, they're probably going to play Taysom even more. Maybe even start Taysom over Trevor Simeon, who's the backup there. Mm-hmm. So there is big potential in having Taysom Hill. Uh, he's not going to catch a lot of passes. You have to wait for the big play to, to pop like he had this past week. If you don't have that, it's going to give you like, you know, 1.5 points or something like that. Uh, it's hard to predict what he's going to do every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but definitely an interesting uh, kind of thought exercise and, you know, the difference now with a tight end premium, because I think it definitely hurts uh, yeah. players. Well, player really like Taysom Hill because he's kind of a unique unicorn. Also kind of a shock that no one bit on him for me a little bit. He did have a big game and he's a tight end, tight end premium. I would think be more bids on him. I wasn't, I didn't really care for him, but 17 yeah. is kind of rough, um, but no one spent anything on him. So. It hurts. There is, that's the best part of having this fab waiver system is the next day realizing either A, I put in the perfect bid and I won by two or three bucks or B, holy shit, I overpaid. Uh, I'm not good at this. <laughs> so, All right, moving on. Last one here. I think this one, it, and this is a good example of that. So Jalen Warren, um, the most activity here, we had four bids. You bid a dollar. Sambo went two. I went seven. The winning bid, Steven, was 10. Uh, he also has Najee Harris. I was an idiot. It was late. I didn't look up to see who had Harris. If I would have noticed it was him, I probably would have went to you know 12 or 14. But um, this is one that I wish I definitely had back because it's seeming like there might be a ticking time bomb with Najee Harris's foot and Jalen Warren is the guy. Now that offense is different. They're not doing a lot of check downs. Mitch Trubisky is getting sacked or he's throwing the ball downfield. Um, their offensive line is bad, but hey, starting running back is a starting running back. If I would have done a better job here, I would have absolutely snagged Jalen Warren and then tried to package him in a deal to Cali Commandos for Michael Pittman. Send me Michael Pittman, Stephen. Belongs on my team. This is the last time I'm going to ask nicely. <laughs> Not much thought. Jalen Warren could be a ticket to a big, uh, you know, RB1 or just a goose every week so yeah i mean absolutely had to get him if you're steven to to lock that cuff up um surprised he got him as cheap as he did so all right moving on we went from the fab report so now let's talk about first we would team we are most kind of surprised slash afraid of and then on the other side of that coin we're going to talk about the team that is in the danger zone i think i kind of hit that note um yeah so first team we're afraid of we took a hard look at this phil what did we come up with i ain't afraid of nobody man nobody i ain't afraid of any of you guys 
<laughs> you should be scared of me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, honestly, people, week one, performers performed. It seems like the, the elite guys performed big mo- mo- for the most part. And um, there's no shockers as far as like, upsets or no no big, big, um, you know, swings one way or the other. Why are crushed, actually? Uh, but we're not talking about that. But yeah, it's uh, well. I guess it's shocking is me. I guess I can say it's the surprise is my my team sucked. Well, injuries. <laughs> I got a quarterback playing in the monsoon. Um, you know, it's it wasn't great. Pitts did nothing. Well, yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. So you're 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 jumping to the next segment. But yeah. So the main yeah. point there is when we looked at it, right now we don't see a team that's emerged as a juggernaut. You know, yeah. things kind of unfolded a lot like we thought. But right now, nobody's really um, scaring us yet. Now, onto the other side of that. We are most worried about. Your audio just switched. Oh, no. Yeah. There you go. I think there you go. You're back. Yeah, wow. So we start talking about your shitty team and your, and your AirPods are like. The AirPods out. turned off and off for some reason. I don't know why. Um, sorry. Just kind of lost track there. So team in the danger zone and that we have the returning champ four time champ burn zone oof it's looking rough so i'm going to set you up here to then talk about it but let's take a quick look at yeah what might be a fast moving tragedy so burn zone i got to scroll to the almost the bottom of the standings keep scrolling so let's look at it mccaffrey the usage was weird he's healthy but that was what the fuck was that usage? You're used to seeing 30 touches. Maybe they finally got smart and realized this guy's going to break by week five if we feed him the rock that many times. Stevenson, as with any Patriots player, is kind of not usable because of Ty Montgomery's catching passes. Kyle Pitts, oh no. <laughs> and Kittle's not playing. So your strategy of going double tight end right now after week one, the alarm has been sound. Rashad Penny looked good, but... He's going to be splitting time. Gabe Davis is a pop player. And then Lance. Will Lance have a job in week four? They just lost to the Bears. I know it was a monsoon, but they lost to the Bears. So it's looking rough. Yeah, I mean, a lot of things swung the wrong way uh, for for week one for me. Like like I said, Pitts and Kittle was out randomly. He was healthy the entire offseason, preseason, looking good. Monday comes up, hamstring. Okay, well, what the fuck was different from the last three months than Monday? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so he's he didn't play. Um, so that 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 that's yeah. And Godwin got hurt mid mid to the game. He looked pretty good too, and he got injured again. So he didn't finish the game. Uh, Stevenson, I think, is looking better now because Montgomery is hurt and on IR, so he could have some more opportunities. CMC, they decided to let Baker win the game by himself and not use CMC as much, <laughs> which is Matt Rules. I don't know what the hell he's doing. And then the big play that CMC had, he actually picked a fumble up that Baker dropped that a snap sick. and he ran for like 30 yeah. yards. Doesn't count though, because it wasn't a rush. It was a fumble recovery uh, for, for yardage. So it didn't count as a score. And, and that's then, all you like, needed, man. You just needed like 10 more lows and you'd been fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Trey Lance... You know, terrible conditions, but he made some nice throws, looked decent when he was running. So, you know, 
Fields made one big play, and that was all they needed to win the game. So yeah, they both they both looked like shit, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but so two things uh, I want to talk about real quick. Um, so one, if anybody doesn't know it with Trey Lance, it's very interesting how this is playing out. Um, obviously, they brought Jimmy back to be the highest paid backup, but Jimmy's known as a great locker room guy. And when you're talking about a football team being united in one direction behind a quarterback you got to get the good locker room guys out of there. That's why Cam Newton got shipped out from New England right when they decided to go to Mac because everybody loves Cam. You can't have a quarterback struggling and then a very likable backup. Now, the fact that the Niners brought him back, okay, a little bit of a concern. But more importantly, the last two years, the 49ers have had seven team captains. This year, Kyle Shanahan decides to change the number to six arbitrarily, and he has no good reason why. If there was a seventh captain on that team this year, it would have been Trey Lance. He got the seventh most votes. When he was pressed at a press conference, why he made the change, he didn't have a good answer. He fumbled his answers. To me, to most people that are paying attention, it seems like he's hedging his bet. Now you follow all that up with Trey Lance going in and having a mediocre slash very bad game where a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl just lost to probably the worst or second worst team in the league. Feels like Jimmy Watch were maybe two to three weeks away before they pull the plug. Yeah, and it looks like that just hits you like an anvil to the face. Phil's not. I mean, Phil's got nothing to say. For, for the listeners uh, uh, that are on here, uh, he's been spewing the same shit for the last two weeks. So I mean, <laughs> I don't really care anymore. It's like anything new to say. I don't understand. You didn't. All right. Well, second you didn't, thing. You didn't hear about uh, Shanahan say that. Captains are team captain thing is stupid. Like he doesn't really care. He said that too. Of course he's going to say that. So it's it's like, stupid, but it's, it's like stupid. Why would you matter, change it, man? If it's arbitrary, it's, not, it's he, stupid. Why would him. you make the it players do it? Not him. He didn't. He didn't change anything. They. They. He changed, they he's not charging it, man. So I mean, he changed Lance, the number. This is one game, okay, and in probably the the worst condition game we've ever seen in recent years. So. The players know he's good. They know he's good in better condition than that. And it's just not okay. not. I don't think it's this huge deal that he had uh, the game he did because he was impressive in spots there too, even in that condition. So they're going to yeah. give him some time. I'm not really worried about Jimmy starting, to be honest. For everybody on uh, that's listening, that's enjoying the current champ waffling and just clinging to his idea that Trey Lance is good as his team slowly burns. It is as fun to watch this on Zoom as it is to listen. So I'm enjoying it's it as well. It's just one week. So, I mean, Second question for you, DK Metcalf. One week. DK Metcalf. You were banging the table to draft DK Metcalf in one of our high-stakes leagues. I see him on your bench now. Different league, but yeah. No, yeah, sure. But what are your thoughts on DK going forward? Do you think he's going to be serviceable or you got him on your bench? I, I think not. he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. I mean, I mean, for him, you have to really know when to start him depending on the matchup and what, what's what's going to – Kind of predict what's going to transpire in the next next game. Next game they play in San Francisco. Not not a great matchup against San Francisco, so probably will bench him. Uh, I like Chark. I like Burks, especially Burks against Buffalo. You know, so um, I do like DK. You know, starting drafting him in a high stakes league and a 12, 12 man auction league is very different, but much different. Both yeah, both decisions bad. Moving along. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So week two. First, we kick off week two with our weekly Evan Ingram watch. So checking in on the worst pick of the draft. Let's see. What did Evan Ingram do last week, Phil? I think, uh, had, I think he had like two catches, six points. 
two catches, six like points. That. And I've been telling you know, we're going to bring you guys on to the, to the voice, your, uh, your rebuttals, your feedback on the pod as well. But just to fill everybody else in, um, Chris, uh, to a salad sandwich has been defiant. Yeah. He has uh, said that we will rue the day. We, we threw shade on his Evan Ingram pick. Uh, Evan Ingram <laughs> is going to be uh, as good as I think he said, Kyle Pitts or anybody that Burns on invested in. And then he went on and he did the Hayden Hurst hedge and invested in Hayden Hurst. Um, I think he picked him up for maybe a dollar or maybe he was a free agent. Um, Chasing last week's points, I think when T. Higgins comes back, Hayden Hurst is going to be just a guy, but probably still better than Evan Ingram. Any, any thoughts there? Yeah, I would say so. The volume is probably there in Cincinnati for Hurst to have some decent floor, but I, 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 Jags have a lot of a lot of guys running around on the on the field. So <laughs> Ingram Ingram isn't great. Um, he's rosterable, I would say, but he's going to be kind of like streaming tight end probably the whole season unless he makes a trade for a decent one gotcha so evan ingram watch will still continue uh we'll keep <laughs> this uh keep the light on for him until we see a good game uh here's hoping all right moving on to the last segment here before we get to the matchups trade desk it is week two uh we yet we are yet to have a trade completed in the league which i think this is kind of concerning right i think we usually have one or two deals moved by this point in this league um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of early. I think people are a little bit nervous to do anything too too crazy early. I mean, um, it's I'm, for me. I'm usually a wait and see for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I've so some offers out there. I'm, but yeah. I'm sure that we've got some offers flying. Um, I'm sure some of you guys have already received them. I know that uh, Smitty Damas uh, is trying to ship some of his depth. He's got a pretty deep team. He's in. I was talking to him. And he's like, I really can't pick anybody up on waivers. I have nobody to drop. Um, yeah. And I know that you actually, you said uh, you were sending some offers to Etienne for Etienne as well. Yeah, it's hard to trade for the namesake player on this <laughs> team. It's just they have to change the name and think of a different other. Just a lot. Sorry, yeah. pun to replace it. So it is kind of rough, but yeah. yeah, unsuccessful. I think we'll probably have a trade. My over under on uh, a trade being completed would be, I'd say. 2.5. I think we see a trade this week. Uh, All right. So. so moving on to the matchups. So we're going to move through these pretty quickly. We're trying to keep this pod not 90 minutes. So we're going to start first at the top of the standings. We've got Etienne of the world versus Najee Bark Bite Wolfpack. Um, the number one uh, Etienne versus number three. So let's talk a little bit about this matchup. First, we see the uh, Mahomes stack versus um, what do we got here? Mahomes stack versus oh yeah, Barkley and Najee. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's starting MVS tonight, so it's gonna be real interesting if MVS yeah. catches two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's always fun to have those early guys starting for your team. I mean, Bar- um, Bark, all Bark has Herbert also and, and Everett, so. It's going to be fun to see these guys, get some guys early and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And Jeremy actually made a really good point when I was talking to him today because we were talking about Rashad Penny, actually, and that he looked really good um, on that Sunday night game. And Jeremy made the point that, you know, it's week one. All these running backs look really good. They're hitting the holes fast, you know. Um, 
because nobody's dinged up. But by week four, except week acres. five, except acres. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, but you know, let's see how these running backs look by week five. And if I mean, you saw we saw Saquon. Saquon looks like could be the best back in the league. Um, we'll see how that holds. Yeah. I mean, in a day bowl offense, whew, Saquon could be a banger. Um, so yeah, great matchup uh, yeah. to start the week off with Etienne versus Najee. Uh, moving on, we've got Kadra Commanders versus Bryso. This is a swing matchup because you've got Bryso who's two and zero versus the zero and two Kadra. So big matchup here for Kadra. Um, some interesting matchups here. You've got Aaron Rodgers uh, with Kadra versus Aaron Jones with Bryso. So you know, going to be interesting if Rodgers throws a bunch of uh, touchdowns there and Jones there. I mean. Can I do a quick callback to my question at the beginning of the last pod? Is Aaron Rodgers going to be good this year? I'm just going to say, yeah, I mean, he should be good. Say. I mean, it's like I, mean, I, wrote a, I've wrote a thesis, and so far my first paragraph has, has made a lot of sense. So we're going to see how week two looks. <laughs> I mean, they had linemen out. They had two starting linemen out. Lazard yeah. wasn't there. We're going to – I mean, if you're somebody that drafted Lazard, which – wait, did does Kadra have Lazard? He does, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, you're so, if you're somebody that drafted Lazard, apparently he's the missing link because their offense looked fucking horrible. Um, yeah. But he, he didn't play. So, yeah. Interesting to see if they can get right. Again, everybody, everybody's talking about it. Last year, they got waxed by the Saints by like 50 points and then went on to almost go to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, week one's always tough for the Packers for some reason. Yeah. It's all the ayahuasca that needs to really get out of your system. Um, <laughs> So, oh yeah, a couple other things here. Kadra made the Curtis Samuel investment. He has uh, both Debo and Curtis. Um, is Dobbins going to start? Uh, looks like he's going to be healthy. And then for Bryson, yeah. is the Josh Allen nuke tour going to continue? Like, it's just <laughs> going like to be thirty playing Tennessee, playing Tennessee at home, prime time. He loves prime time, so that's going to be nice. Curtis Samuel playing at Detroit. Um, in the dome there, so it could be a high-scoring affair too for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that game. I think that is, that's going to be one of the low-key best games of the weekend is Washington at Detroit. All yeah. right, moving on to day after tomorrow. Tomorrow versus Tua Salad Sandwich. This one has the biggest spread. Day after tomorrow is a 12-point favorite. Um, you know, going against Tua Salad Sandwich, who squeaked out a win under 100 points. We should just make a rule next year that if you get a victory under 100 points, we just divide that win by, like, 11, and everybody else gets, like, an 11th of a win to the standings. <laughs> we just take it from you because it's fucking gross. <laughs> um, so tomorrow, 12-point fave, we've got the Rams stack for Tua Salad Sandwich going up against Atlanta in an obvious game that McVay is going to want to score 400 points. Um, yeah. Big smash spot there. And then you also have, but the ghost of CD Lamb, now getting passes thrown yeah. to Cooper Rush. Yeah, he had a lot of targets last week. Um, Cooper Rush, you know, not known for being a good quarterback, so he might have to favor Lamb a ton and he's in Zeke in this matchup. So it could be a low key, a decent game for him, but it's it's we'll see. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the uh, Jags homer play starting the Jags defense after putting up six points against Washington, starting the Jags, I mean, at home against Indy, but yeah, that's, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the Jags defense is, 
is it startable? Is it a thing you're trying to target? Why are you starting the Jags defense? I mean, I, I made I I did call out them for week one against Washington, and I thought that was a good matchup with Wentz versus those two stud guys, Trayvon Walker and uh, Josh Allen, but didn't pan out. They did. They actually did do well on 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 paper with two interceptions, they had a fumble recoveries, a sack. So, but they couldn't stop touchdowns from soaring over their head. That's the only thing. Yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah, fair point. Uh, interesting to see how that one shakes out. Moving over to Sambo versus Smitty. Uh, Smitty starting Dusty Dave Montgomery, uh, who looks to be in an even timeshare with Khalil Herbert. That's, yeah, yeah Herbert, had, Herbert had the nice play. You mm-hmm. know, a couple of nice plays and scored too, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, Smitty is starting the Buffalo defense versus Tennessee. He had that defense on the bench uh, in week one, which they smashed. <laughs> Yeah, big big smash. I mean, I think that that game's going to be a blowout. I ten, I think Tennessee's a bad team. Um, yeah, yeah. If he, that's a good play in Buffalo defense. I think they'll be good. Um, nice garbage time stuff, probably for Tennessee with some of the players too, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, with Sambo starting Jacoby Brissett. Yikes! Yeah, yeah. His number two quarterback spot is a huge. I mean, his best bet is to hope that Taysom Hill starts playing quarterback <laughs> because Mac Jones is on an offense that's run by Matt Patricia, and Jacoby Brissett is just not good. Like he's Terrible. bad. He's yeah. He bad. um he had about four yards per attempt passing week one. Just dump off, dump off. Like he's just not the deep ball passer, and Mark Cooper is suffering from that. They're going to run a lot with Hunt and Chubb. Chubb's a beast. Hunt makes me plays. So, yeah, you're, you're praying for some yak with uh, the receivers for Brissette to get an easy easy yardage. But it is the Jets, so, you know, it could be good for Brissette. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, with Sam, it's going to come back to, again, he's got the top-heavy team. So is he going to get production from his running backs? I do like that he has um, Burkhead and, and – uh, uh, Gordon there, who's getting a bunch of work. Um, is he going to see, you know, a Mark Andrews pop game? Because if he does and he gets production from Hertz and his three receivers, it's probably going to be enough to make it a close game. Those are your boys, man. Gordon and Burkhead. Back in the day, you were you were a big fan of those guys. Uh, true. I remember. Oh, my God. We got a <laughs> – Phil reminded me of the worst statement I've ever made, which was that uh, – uh, Eckler is basically Rex Rex Burkhead, <laughs> and that was before you said that. I was telling you Eckler's better than Gordon, and this is back when Gordon. Yeah. And then we're on the uh, Chargers, and Eckler was the backup as like a satellite back. And I was telling him Eckler's better than Gordon, man. It's, his time is coming. And that's when you said Eckler's Burkhead, man. <laughs> Easily the dumbest, yeah. probably the, the top five dumbest uh, fantasy football thing I've ever seen. Um, okay. Moving on here, wrapping up. So we've got uh, Big League Chew versus Gas Man. So with this one, I'm trying to fight to not go 0-2. We've got Brady versus bad Joe Burrow, good Joe Burrow. Which Joe Burrow? He doesn't have an appendix. Does he have his game back? Um, <laughs> we've got Camara, like big concern on the usage and just overall production there. Um my Miami stack versus Baltimore is probably going to be the X factor here. What do you think? Yeah, he's got Baltimore defense starting. 
Uh, you could say it's a good matchup for either defense, Baltimore or Miami. Miami, uh, especially Miami did, did pretty well last week. Uh, but yeah, it's if Miami smashes, Ravens D does not smash, obviously. So it's we'll see how it shakes out with that that matchup. But mm-hmm. yeah, Burrow going back to Burrow, aka Joey Meatballs, apparently as the nickname uh, at, at Dallas. I mean, the dome there that could be some a good bounce back game for him to match up there. Yeah, well, I mean, he had a good game last week, but he had the turnovers, you know, made it four turnovers, seven sacks. That's, as far as fantasy points, he had 20 points. So solid, but it could have been a lot better without the turnovers last week. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Gasman has Damian Harris, which I think is one of those plays that's going to be, you know, opposite either end of the spectrum. Is he going to get 40 or 50 yards rushing or is he going to get 60 yards rushing and two touchdowns? That entire offense is just kind of a dart throw. And Thielen uh, looking for a bounce-back game here. Last week, Thielen was shadowed by Jair Alexander for most of the game. That's why he didn't do anything. I mean, there's a great clip going online where I guess Jair Alexander had asked to single up um, (laughs) Justin Jefferson. And he just got – he was seven yards behind Justin Jefferson within, (laughs) you know, two and a half seconds of the play unfolding. It was – so that's clearly yeah. why they said, yeah, we're going to put you on Thielen and we'll double Jefferson and still let him hang 178 points on us or yards. 184 yards. Uh, but yeah, you can't stop Jefferson. It's not happening. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to have a chance here, I need Cooper Cup to not score four touchdowns, which is very much within the realm of. Uh, well, you got Devontae there. So it's, that's a nice little uh, matchup. You have Devontae, he has Cup. Yeah. All right. And then the final matchup here, we've got burn zone versus Baker's mixing it up. This is the number 11 burn zone versus number 12 Baker, the basement brawl. So who yes. is going to start to climb their way out of the basement? Um, well, are we going to get the CMC usage that we've expected? Um, yes. He has Baker. You've got CMC. You made a funny point about Baker throwing dump offs there. Yeah. I mean, if Baker Maple has a big game, probably CMC does too in most cases. So it'll be nice to see that happen. If it does, I need CMC to bounce back big time here. Mm-hmm. Question for you is Kyle Pitts going to score more points than Zach Ertz? Uh, yes, he will. I guarantee it. this week playing the Rams. They're going to pass a lot. And he's playing the, the Raiders at Las Vegas. So, but he is dinged up right now, Ertz, as he usually is. So we'll see how yeah. that shakes out. But Pitts, in a perfect world, in a normal world, Pitts outscores Ertz every week. So, so the issue is, you think that we live in a normal world, man? Look around. Um, yeah. And then the final two big matchups here: we've got Gabe Davis at home Thursday night. We already talked about that, and then he's also got Daryl Henderson, who's the current starting running back um, over uh, the memory of Cam Akers. Uh, Henderson at Atlanta could be a game where they're up big, and he's just crushing. So, could be a smash yeah. spot there. Sure. And then the defenses here too, um, Pitt versus New England, and then Green Bay versus Chicago, both plus matchups good, for the defense. Good matchups there. I, I mean, I, I would say Packers probably outscore my defense in Pittsburgh, but it might be close. Yeah, love it. All right, that wraps up the matchup. So we're going to finish here with um, two predictions. One of us is going to make a prediction each week on anything really to do with the league, a team, a matchup, um, a player. So we're going to kick it off to you first, Burn Zone. What do you foresee happening in week two? 
this one is has to do with all bark aka at saa005 i think he crushes this week i think he goes 2 and 0 again goes 4 and 0 overall he's actually the underdog by about 4 points here uh, but i love the matchups he's got with herbert uh, and, and Barkley, especially against Carolina at home. Uh, Evans in the Dome here with no Godwin. Pittman against Jacksonville. Everett tonight against KC. Uh, Cousin solid. Could be a shootout there against Philly. Uh, Boyd versus Dallas with Higgins possibly out. I think he smashes. Uh, very like, excellent matchup across the board here for him. I don't know why he's underdog. Well, he's facing Taylor and Mahomes probably why. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a close matchup, but I think he does probably get the highest point total and go to another this week. Prediction. Bold prediction. Taking an underdog to not only win outright, but to get highest point total for the week. Th- nice this is job. great because if I'm right, I look good. If I'm wrong, it's a curse, curse on him. So it's a win-win for me. <laughs> That's how we do it. All right. And for my bold prediction, I'm going to outdo you here. I know you took a four-point favorite uh, or four-point underdog to win. I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to the day after tomorrow versus Tua Salad Sandwich. We've got Tua Salad Sandwich, a 12-point underdog, which I'm telling you right now is going to win this week. Out. Hold on a second. Producers telling me something. In my, oh, actually, no. Yeah, that's definitely not going to happen. Uh, oh, Tua okay. Salad Sandwich yeah. is going to get absolutely raked. Um, I think this is the week sense. where – he hits the alarm. This is where Chris, who is admirably the most stubborn and defiant person I know, um, I think this is where he hit, actually hits the panic button. So he's got some, some potential, right? He's got Stafford and he's got Robinson against Atlanta. That obviously could go well. I just don't think it's enough to get him there. I think Chubb uh, against the Jets is going to be mid because that offense – uh, Hunt is playing a large role in it, and I just don't think they're going to be very dynamic. Um, yeah, Cook against Philly could be a pop play. Robinson's a coin flip. I just I don't see anything that stands out. Uh, I think the Rams are in more trouble than they are than we think. I think that they're going to win against Atlanta. I don't think it's going to be a smash spot. Um, and I don't see any help on his bench. Uh, Cam Akers, Robert Woods, Zay Jones – where is the Calvary coming to help? So I think after this week, to his salad sandwich goes 0-2. He falls to 1-3. and And this is where he has to start looking at making a trade that really starts to right the ship. Or he will go on to miss the playoffs for the seventh year in a row. So you're predicting that the underdog loses. Okay. it's pretty bold. Thanks, man. I <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's 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 a two-parter. It's that they lose and that we see that there is absolutely cause for concern uh, for Tua Salad's team, which he said right now he's not concerned. He said, yeah, Cam Akers, dust, but everybody else is going to be fine. I don't think it's fine. So any final thoughts, Phil, before we wrap this up at a crisp 55 minutes? Another prediction, Lance puts up 30 points this week. I'm done. Okay, now we're just in fan fiction, bro. I think it's time for us to sign off. Um, I would just say, you know, some words 
of inspiration to all you out there. Hamarahi, Hamarahi. Week two descends on the league like a dusty fart in a theater. And ye boys make your way to the arena for battle. Will ye forge your path through the mucky muck and claim victory? Or will you fall to the dankness of defeat? Whatever fortune awaits you, boys, may your taps into your sleeper apps be true. May your rosters be right. And may Lady Luck bless your lineup with her sweet, sweet bosomy embrace. Unless you're the gas man. For you, gas man, I hope Lady Luck gives you the old coldie and tells you she only dates boys that are five foot ten or taller. And you, boy, you are too short to ride that roller coaster. But to the rest of you, destiny has dialed you, boys. And the question is, will you answer the call or will you send it to voicemail? Because she should have texted first. No one just calls out of the blue anymore. But make no mistake, boys. What we do here in week two will live on in the history books of victory as vice and in our memories for it at least until week three, at which it will be largely forgotten, definitely forgotten by week four, because this much is true, boys. Fantasy football is a stupid, stupid game. Time is a flat circle. And we, boys, we all have ADHD. Mm -hmm.